This program is brought to you by Jim Humble's MMS. Don't delay and get purchased today at GatMMS.com or the Veritas store. The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight we discuss the Trump prophecies. The astonishing true story of the man who saw tomorrow. And what he says is coming next. From the words of tonight's guest, in November of 2016, the world witnessed the impossible. Nearly every household in America was tuned into the election feeds. And every update pointed to a loss for the Republican Party. But when the map of the states flipped red in the final hour, there were a select few who were not surprised. They had always known Trump was going to win. He was chosen for such a time as this. The prophecy had said so. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website. This prophet, this reserved man of God, was retired firefighter Mark Taylor. The word given by the Holy Spirit was delivered on April 28, 2011, in the middle of the most debilitating sickness a man could ever experience. When the prophecy later fell into the hands of New York Times bestsellers Don and Mary Colbert, God used this new team of passionate individuals to lead the nation into a fervent prayer chain that would accomplish one of the most incredible miracles our country has ever seen. But Trump's victory was only the beginning. What is coming next for the most powerful nation on earth today? Mark Taylor has more to say. And right at the beginning, I just want to tell the audience that Veritas is not a political or religious platform, but sometimes we have guests who discuss either. I hope you enjoy what tonight's guest has to share with you. His website is Sword Rescue, that's S-O-R-D Rescue.com, and he joins us directly from Orlando, Florida. Hello, Mark, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. My pleasure. I just finished reading the book right now, and as of today, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, TV hearings for Judge Kavanaugh. Everything you're saying is falling into place, but let's give the audience a little bit of your background. Tell us from the beginning, who's Mark Taylor and how did this knowledge come to you? Well, I am a third generation firefighter or was, I'm retired now. I, and I was the uh, retired out as a Lieutenant city of Orlando fire department in Orlando, Florida. I did 20 years on the job, retired out in 2006. And, uh, right after I, about, I'm going to say probably four months after I retired or about two, two, two years before I retired, I started experiencing some, depression and stuff like that. So I was kind of getting sick then and just didn't realize what it was. And I'd gone to some, uh, a family doctor friend of mine, uh, and he, he had prescribed some antidepressants for me. Well, we, I took it for about eight months and it worked for a little while. And then about maybe a year before I retired, I, I felt it coming back on again. I couldn't figure out what the deal was. And, you know, I was just, I was getting burned out. I mean, uh, one of the stations I was at, uh, in Orlando, I served down in the ghettos and, um, we turned over 12,000 calls a year at that one fire station alone cutting, shooting, stabbings. I mean, you name it, we, we turned it. And so, um, 
when I retired about four months afterwards, I, or I just started taking a nosedive. I mean, I had no energy. I was, uh, had depression, anxiety. Uh, I was bedridden for four and five days at a time. I couldn't eat for four and five days at a time. Uh, I just, I mean, I, I, I couldn't get out of the bed hardly at all at times. And I'd lost all kinds of weight. Uh, this went on for like four or five years. I mean, I was having, uh, you know, uh, visitations that weren't friendly, you know, uh, from, from demons. And then I would have some from angels and stuff like that. And, uh, I, I just couldn't figure out what was going on. So finally I went to a doctor after about four years of this and, uh, he finally found everything was going on with me pretty much in one shot. Uh, he said, Mark, you got a very low thyroid. You got severe adrenal burnout from running on the fire department day and night. He said, you got the hormones of a 70 year old at 39. Cause I retired at 39. And he says, I don't even know. I'm looking at your numbers. He said, I don't even know how you're getting out of the bed. Basically is what one of those nurses was saying. And I said, well, I'm not. <laughs> he said, well, I can see why. And so he gradually sort of getting me back to health, back to health. And then come to find out I had Lyme's disease on top of what comes with Lyme's disease, stuff like this. So it was just, it's been a gradual progression of just trying to get back to health. Well, he closed his practice and, uh, cause he got a lucrative offer with the hospital. And so I had to find another doctor and that's when I found Dr. Colbert. So when I found, uh, you know, Dr. Colbert, uh, you know, I, I got to know him a little bit. I knew they were Christian at the time. And in probably right around, uh, I'm going to say it was 2011, uh, I was watching Donald Trump. Now, this is before I met the Colberts, uh, so I'm backing up a little bit here. So 2011, I'm listening on the television, and you know Donald Trump was toying with the idea of running in 2012, but he never announced. And so I was sitting in front of the TV, and I heard him in an interview. I didn't know a lot about Donald Trump. I just knew he was a very powerful, wealthy businessman who built this billion-dollar empire. Uh, so I, you know, I knew a little bit about him and not much, but I'm listening to him in this interview. And all of a sudden I just heard the Lord say, you're hearing the voice of a president. So I, I got up, I came in here where I'm sitting right now in front of my computer. Uh, and I, I just put pen to paper like the apostle Paul. And I just started writing out what the Holy spirit was telling me. And t that was April 28th, 2011. And I, I titled it the commander in chief prophecy. And it talks about where, uh, God has says that I've chosen this man, Donald Trump for such a time as this. So, uh, moving on with the timeline, we can, we can come back to the prophecy here in a minute, but moving on with the timeline. So I, I had showed this to the first doctor that I went to in 2011, who kind of got me back up to where I, I kind of needed to be at the time, but Donald Trump never announced he was running. So I honestly thought I had missed it. I, I thought, you know, I, I just missed it. You know, uh, it wasn't true or anything or what the case may be. Well, fast forward to, you know, uh, what was it? 2015. And all of a sudden, Donald Trump's name starts coming up again. Well, after I had met, uh, it, it, was it, um, it was a 2015, I believe it was, um, I had written a couple of other things. Uh, actually, it was 2011. I'm sorry. 2011, I also wrote uh, something called The Great Horse, that there would be another Triple Crown winner coming. And so I didn't know when that was going to be. I thought it was 2012 as well. But it, you know, it, it ended up being that it was, in fact, it, it really was not. Uh, but God had other plans. And I had written something called um, uh, General Eisenhower's D-Day speech. Now, all the, I'll bring it all, I'm going to try and tie all this together so everybody will understand this. General Eisenhower's D-Day speech, the Lord told me, so I want you to go back and I want you to rewrite that speech, but I want you to, to address it to my army. I said, okay, Lord. So I, I've done all this. I wrote all this stuff. I rewrote the speech according to what the Holy Spirit was telling me. I put all this stuff aside in, in 2011, 2012, and didn't think really that much about it. So I'm going to, I see Dr. Colbert. And, uh, 
I didn't know what to do with this stuff. So I, I just, you know, we were talking one day and I said, well, I, I wrote a prophecy. I'll bring it into you one day. And I brought it in the next time I came in and I brought him all this stuff. Well, he says, because again, Donald Trump was thinking about running for president again. So I thought, well, maybe it's for now. Maybe it just, it wasn't for 2012. Maybe it's for now. So I take it to him and his wife took it. And then she took the ball and ran with it and started getting me on interviews and this, that, and the other. Well, I'm sitting there one day and it was June 6, I believe it was 2015. And all of a sudden we had the first triple crown winner we've had in how many years? It was like 20, 30 years, something like that, 30 something years. I can't remember what it was. Uh, and I heard the Lord say, pull out the prophecy. And so I pulled out the great horse prophecy and my, I'm on the phone with my sister and she says, well, what is today? And I went, oh my goodness, it's D-Day. Then I heard the Lord say, pull out the D-Day speech. So I had the prophecy of the, of the triple crown win and I had that D-Day speech were coming together all on the same day. Ten days later, I think it was, uh, that Donald Trump officially announces he's running for president. And I pulled out the commander-in-chief prophecy, so I had all three of these things coming together literally in a 10-day period that I had been sitting on for, what, probably four years, five years. So it was really something to to experience. It was very humbling uh, to see how God was doing this. Uh, and when all I, I thought it was 2012. And I said, I said, Lord, I said, I thought all this was supposed to happen in 2012. I thought I missed it. He said, Mark, he said, all of this was supposed to go down in 2012. Because if you notice in 2012, we almost had another triple crown winner, but the horse that was supposed to be running got injured and couldn't compete in the last race. And that horse, he says, go back and look at the name of the horse. So I went back and looked at the name of the horse. He said, and the names was, I'll have another, you know how they give these other, these funky names to some yeah. of these horses. Like Secretariat. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I said, I'll have another. I said, what, what's that got to do with anything? He said, No, I'll have another one coming. He said, All this was supposed to have happen in 2012. He said, But my people were not ready. They needed another four years of Obama and this mess, so to speak, to write, get it by righteous anger and rise up and say, Enough is enough. Basically, to instill the fighting spirit in the people saying, Enough's enough. We're taking our country back. Hence, enters Donald Trump. So all of this stuff was coming together and God was bringing this stuff together for me. And it was really an incredible time for me. Uh, you know, and once he announced he was running, that set the prophecy into motion because when he didn't announce, because the prophecy, uh, the commander in chief prophecy states that when he announces he's running, it will be like a shot heard around the world. Well, he never announced in 2012. He was just toying with it. So that's why all this stuff went down when it did. So I handed all this stuff to to the Colberts, and they kind of took the ball around with it and started getting me on interviews. And it led to a um, uh, about sixty days before the election, uh, Mary wanted to start a prayer chain. She felt led to start a prayer chain. She started a national prayer chain over the phone, and uh, so we, we it took off from there. And we saw some some pretty miraculous things happen even during the prayer time that we were having. We had close to ten thousand people on the line at one time. Uh, and we were praying for 15 minutes each day, uh, and we would have a different leader from somewhere that would lead the prayer for 15 minutes for Donald Trump or for our country, uh, you know, praying uh, for the, the people, uh, you know, for the Lord to pour healing out on the land, uh, all this stuff. So we just saw some miraculous things happen during that time. Quick parenthesis, Mark. Do you think that today President Trump, back then Donald Trump, the businessman, do you think that he started the election process or just as 
He just wanted to say that he ran for president at one point, and perhaps along the way he realized, maybe I need to take this seriously, because I think that's what the left saw. I think that's what Hillary saw. This man is just coming here to to just to boost his ego, but there's no chance that he's going to win. But then he realized that there was this huge void out there, and he was talking to the people about what they really wanted, and he realized that the American spirit needed that. And something clicked in him. Do you think that happened along the way? Yeah, I, I do. I think he was probably testing the waters in 2012. Exactly. And realized that the fighting spirit wasn't quite there yet. And I think even he realized, because Donald Trump's got discernment. I can tell you that for a fact. This, that gentleman has got discernment. And he was discerning that the people were not ready yet. And I think that's why he backed off. And I think that even him having discernment that God was showing him that it's not time. They're not ready. But I'm going to bring you into a time when I'm going to say go, and that's going to be 2016 uh, or 15 at the time when he was running 16, and uh, that's when you're that's that's when I'm going to do this. But here's the thing: is that we're finding out now that even Hillary Clinton, everybody was scared to death of Donald Trump actually trying to run for president because he knows too much, and so. That's why it was also not quite time because certain assets were not in place, I believe, that the Lord wanted in order for the destiny that God had on him for him to complete it, if that makes sense. Um, and you're, you're seeing that taking place right now with, uh, you know, we can get into that in a little later about the, him taking down the cabal, uh, the New World Order, that kind of thing. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I don't think those certain things that needed to be in place were also not quite in place in 2012 like they, they were in 2015. I think there's definitely, you, you probably have heard the Operation Gladio. I think there's a Gladio-style operation taking place that o President Obama left behind. And I've heard information that all the former presidents, probably with the, without the, with the exception of Jimmy Carter, but uh, Clinton, Bush 41, Bush 43, and uh, Obama, they are all communicating with a special device. They are trying something. With yep. this 2018 election and obviously with the 2020 election, do you believe this is a fact? Yeah, I, I do. They're, they're, they, their comms have gone dark, uh, and so they're having to resort to other ways of communicating. Um, we saw that at McCain's funeral. Uh, they had caught some stuff on camera, and they also had uh, 12 hotel rooms was rented near the, the main skip. Exactly. So they're, tell us they're, more about this, because a lot of people don't know what you're saying about these boxes and these trailers and the hotel rooms. Right. Well, uh, well, they're, they're, the Trump and the uh, well, Trump and his and his administration, as well, I should say, President Trump and his administration have silenced their comms. They're having a hard time communicating. So they're having to resort to old style communication. <laughs> we saw them passing some notes at the funeral. Uh, and if you'll also notice General Kelly and General Mattis. Were escorting uh, the McCain's in, which I don't know if that was an official military escort uh, of sorts. Uh, but uh, the skiff rooms basically are designed to silence anybody that you can't. They can talk about classified information, and no one can see them, no one can hear them, uh, and they're called skiff rooms. And I, I think they were near the main one out there in that area uh, of Arizona or somewhere. I don't, I, I don't know the exact location where they were at. If these skiff rooms were, uh, you know, I was just reading some of the stuff that that they were doing. But it does not surprise me because I know their comms have gone dark. Uh, they're having to resort to other ways of communicating. And that was also the only way that they could all get together, the cabal themselves, and talk about how they're going to 
you know, try and derail the 2018 elections. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're between now and the elections uh, is going to be a pretty um, intense time. Uh, people need to be in prayer, uh, you know, uh, right now for the for the country. Uh, because I've been warning for two years that uh, when these arrests and these tribunals take place, because uh, everybody thought it was nuts when I said tri- military tribunals were coming um, and uh, that they were going to make mass arrests and that Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and all these guys were going to go to jail. I mean, I've caught a lot of flack over saying that. And uh, now it's looking like that it's not so far fetched now. And um, so, I mean, um, when they start making these mass arrests, especially these big figures, there will be some civil unrest across the country. So there, uh, people just need to be prepared. There's nothing to be afraid of, but we, they just need to be prepared. Uh, you know, uh, even the, uh, and I've been saying it for almost two years now and, you know, for the people to be praying because we can mitigate a lot of this stuff by praying against it and asking the Lord to intervene to stop some of this stuff. Because here's the bottom line with, with the 2018, uh, elections is that this is the enemy's last stand. Literally, this is their last stand that they have to try to do something to stay in power. And I got news for them. It is not going to work. God has a plan. God's got uh, uh, heaven's agenda is being uh, poured out upon the earth right now. And that is to take back America. But this is also bigger than just America. This is this is global. You're seeing stuff happening on a global level on the cabal uh, right now. So, I mean, uh, but there's an agenda in place. Uh, they will pull out every weapon of at their disposal to try and stop this 2018 or try to interfere with it. So you can look for false flags, terrorist attacks, school shootings, fires, weather events, because they are controlling all of this stuff right now. I know it sounds like conspiracy theory, but it is it is fact. People can look it up. Uh, they are controlling a lot of this stuff. It is not by coincidence that uh, you had Hurricane Harvey hit Texas and Irma hit Florida. I live in Florida. The eye of that hurricane came right over my house. And so uh, they were generating these storms. They have the technology to do it. They have the de- technology to steer these storms. Texas, uh, there's an all-out battle right now for Florida and Texas right now. If you'll notice, that's where a lot of these shootings are happening. That's where a lot of these hurricanes are going. And it's not coincidence, folks. This this is uh, literally the cabal trying to – because these two states, they know Florida is a swing state. And they know Texas is, is went for Trump and Florida went for Trump. They're trying to turn these two states because Florida is the next biggest electoral, electoral college vote other than California. I believe California will go red at some point. And the day that it goes red, they are done, period. And so this is why you, you're also seeing this stuff with California go uh, really intensify out there, this fight that they have going on. But uh, look for these events to happen because they're going to do they're going to pull out every weapon of their warfare right now between now and. And that time, because if they don't win this election, they know they are finished because they are. And I got news for them. They're finished anyway. They're not going to win. They're, they're not going to stop this election. Uh, you know, uh, so, I mean, uh, when these guys get rounded up, it, it's, it's going to be remarkable because we're living on in some times right now that are historic that we've never seen before in the history of man. And by the way, I'm so glad that you're talking about all these things that they're doing behind the scenes because I've said it for years they are the ones with the power behind the scenes, the weather manipulation, the exotic technology, the lost trillions right. of dollars. And by the way, folks, this is not Republican. Um, this is not Democrat only. I'm talking about the Bush cabal. I'm talking That's about right. the Clinton uh, mafia. All these people, if you look at them, they're one of the same. Yes, this is are. why I think Donald Trump 
is one person. Everybody's saying, why do we need a businessman? We need a politician. Absolutely not. You have to try something new. If you don't have enough revenue in this country, how come we have $21 trillion of debt? You have to have enough revenue in order to be able to, to, to satisfy all those, all those programs that the left wants all the time. That's why they want illegal immigration. That's why they don't want voter ID. Even today, I posted on Facebook yesterday about voting ID in Mexico. You know, I said, uh, I'm not arguing polling, polling station. For, and we're going to come back to the prophecy for a second. But I want to discuss this with you uh, momentarily. I'm not arguing about polling stations of fraud, e-vote versus uh, paper ballot, illusion of choice, dead people voting. Because as you know, they're bringing all these zombies to vote, making rain so voters can't vote, and all the rest of the issues we discuss on alternative media. I'm arguing the point that many countries require a government-issued voting card, and we don't. This should be a bipartisan effort, and it shouldn't matter if you're being, you know, if you're left or right. It's pivotal for a truly transparent and democratic election system. Mexico has a nice, big, well-guarded border wall, uh, you know, and a well-established voter ID system. Why can't we have that, Mark? And the answer is because the left needs all those votes so they can stay in power permanently. Well, and like you said, it's 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 bipartisan. You have just as much corruption on the right as you do the left, and we're about to find all that out uh, when they start making these ma- mass arrests. We're up to fifty-one thousand seven hundred and change on indictments right now, sealed indictments. So do the math. I mean, uh, you you can have more than one arrest per indictment. Now, some of those in- indictments may not be uh, arrests at all, but some may be. You could have ten, twelve people per indictment. So. Uh, again, when they start doing this mass roundup, uh, you know, look, look for some of these false flags or, you know, uh, look for the, you know, the enemy's kicking and screaming right now. You know, I, I'll give you a prime example uh, of what they're, they're doing. They're on the right ropes. Now. Yeah, they're on the ropes. So let me, I'll give you a prime example. It's California. Look at California right now. They are, they know they're fixing to lose California. They know they're fixing to lose it. So they're pulling out everything they have, including starting these fires. Now, I'm a fire, I'm a retired firefighter, and I know that some of the most experienced, Forest firefighters are those California guys. And these guys were quoted on saying that these fires are literally exploding. They could not stop one of those fires. All they were trying to do at that point was just get people out of its way. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that something else is, is going on. There's a bigger picture. I can tell you why the, it's exploding. It's because they're spraying aluminum oxide in the atmosphere, and the vegetation has been saturated with this aluminum powder for the last, what, decades. Let me stop you for a second. Let me stop for a second. Do you know who Deborah Tavares is? Uh, No, I don't. (laughs) Coincidence that you're saying that. She's somebody who's there in the the heart of all those fires. She talks about all the weaponry and all the stuff that's being sprayed. And she repeated to me last week, she's going to be coming to the show in the next few weeks, exactly what you just said about the aluminum oxide. That's right. And uh, people have to understand aluminum burns at 1,200 degrees. So these guys are not fighting a class A fire, which is wood, paper, products. They're fighting a class D fire, D delta, which is a metals fire. So that's why when these guys tell you they're exploding, that's why they're fighting an aluminum fire. Everything has been saturated with this stuff. That's why these fires are burning so hot and so fast, and they can't control them. So that's just one example of how they're trying to take back California. They're trying to create chaos because out of chaos comes their order, New World Order, uh, so anybody on both sides of the aisle, anyone who is pro uh, open borders, 
that should be a warning flag or pro-immigration. That's a warning flag that they're for the new world order. They want free flow of product, free flow of people across the border so they can establish their one world government. And, you know, the Luciferian reign is coming to an end right now. And they, it, they're not liking it, man. I mean, they are getting severely hit right now and they're going to get taken down. So what technology you as, a, as an experienced fireman, what kind of technology is being used? I know they pr- probably chemtrails, whatever they're spraying there. Right. But w- I have seen people have sent me pictures of these. They almost look like laser beams coming, coming from the sky and exploding. And you yeah. see these houses completely burned to the ground and the forest, the landscape around it intact. Yeah. I, you know, that part, I don't know, honestly. Uh, I, I know that the lasers have come a long way. Um, you know, we're using them now as weapons. Uh, so if we're able to knock planes out or other missiles out of the sky with a laser, and which they are, are now mounting on battleships as well, on ships uh, as weapons, then that, that does not surprise me in the least. I have heard of it. I don't, I'm not familiar with what the system is called. Now, in the book, you mentioned D-Day. You also mentioned the Third Reich and the Fourth Reich. And, of course, we know that the the U.S. and its allies with the Soviet Union, the Russians, uh, we beat the Nazis. Now, here, we have a similar situation. Do you think the new, the Fourth Reich is actually ISIS and the United States and Russia are the ones who are going to beat it? Well, yes, I, I believe that. And also, they already really have. I mean, there's not a whole lot left of ISIS right now. True. I mean, they're, they're pretty much been wiped out. And so that prophecy is coming to pass. Uh, and so, I mean, um, Russia and America, just like in World War II, Russia came in from the east. We came in from the west and we took on the New World Order and we beat them back then. Uh, only we didn't finish the job. And, uh, you know, this time I think the job's probably going to get finished. They're going to get decimated this time to the point where. It's going to be many, many years if the New World Order comes back, if they do at all. Among your prophecies, do you ever see a time in our future, at least in our lifetime, when we're going to see no corruption or at least low corruption, transparency, and bring back the the republic, the constitutional republic, that this was intended to be not what we have today, this corporation run by a few Correct. I, I think that this is exactly what uh, the president's trying to do uh, and his administration up there. Um, I, I think that when you see this mass roundup at some point, they're going to take down the Federal Reserve. So what that does, I, you know, and, and, and back the dollar by gold again, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, a financial expert. I don't know how a lot of this stuff works. I just know that there's going to be a lot of reset uh, coming uh, for America because, you know, here's the thing. I wrote a prophecy in was this October seventh, two thousand and fifteen, called America, America, and it talked about uh, basically how uh, God was going to use America, just like England was the the hub by which the end or the D Day invasion was launched. America is going to be the hub by which the end time harvest of souls is going to be launched to go out and spread the gospel, the good news. Well, you can't do that when you got all this corruption going on right now. You can't do that when you got a financial system that's corrupt. So there, there's going to be some things that God's going to rearrange, and um, you know, uh, basically, we've never we we have sowed seeds all over this world. I mean, I don't know of anybody else that sows as much as America does. Now, I understand America's got its issues. Don't get me wrong, but it's the greatest country on earth, and everybody says America's under judgment. America's under ju- no, the systems are under judgment right now. 
period. You know, I know countries that are 100 times worse than America ever thought about being. And the last time I looked, they're still on the map. And so, I mean, God, all these seeds that we have sown is going to come back to America sevenfold. I mean, you're talking about uh, money, uh, clothes. I mean, all these things that were pouring into England to support the D-Day invasion is going to be pouring into America. And that's what I had written in this prophecy, America, America. And we are seeing that now. Look at the economy right now. I mean, it's booming. I mean, we've got the lowest unemployment uh, probably in history almost. I mean, the I wrote another one uh, about energy, um, basically, uh, that, that said America and Israel will be the number one energy producers in the world. They're saying now by 2019, we will probably be energy independent at that point officially. And so, I mean, you're going to see uh, just things that have never happened before in the history of America because of the seeds that we have sown is going to come back to America sevenfold. You know, well, let's talk about the Federal Reserve here for a second, because I'm remembering my conversation with Andy Goss, uh, 2011, I believe it was, because I think the biggest culprit, the biggest cancer we have, and this is why we have wars, this is why we have this scarcity, artificial scarcity all the time, is because of central banking, fiat currency, the Federal Reserve. And I asked him, what would you do? And he said to me, what I would do, and I hope a president in the future would do this, and I think if there's a president that could do this, will be President Trump. In fact, I think he, he sent a shot across the bow a few weeks ago to the Federal Reserve. But he should send the Marines to the Federal Reserve and say, that's it, effective immediately, you are out of business. We are converting this currency to our currency. No more interest. We'll be printing our own. You are out. And uh, I believe it was Lyndon Johnson, five decades before Trump, who actually shoved the Federal Reserve chief to the wall because he couldn't control them. Look at what Trump said. Our economy is going. And the Federal Reserve chief wants to continue raising interest rates, which is going to have what? An effect of slowing it down. So this is prime time for President Trump to do that, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to go down. I, I really don't. Uh, so if I say something right now, it's not I'm not prophesying it. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a human. Opinion. I, I, sure. I can have opinion. You know of course. what I mean? So I'm just being honest. I, you know, they could do this in stages or they could just rip the Band-Aid off and just do it all at one shot. Because uh, I think when these if, when the, some of the civil unrest starts, uh, they could declare martial law, in which case that would be the time that they would go in and do this. Do it all at one shot and just be done with it and just rip the Band-Aid off. So I don't know. I, I really don't know how this is going to go down. Uh, so, you know, I, I would only be speculating to, to, to say otherwise. You know what I mean? I honestly think the same people who are behind the extreme left, uh, the people that I mentioned Gladio, are the same people behind all this exotic technology and the Federal Reserve because they are the ones with the printing machine. They're the ones that all they need to do is press some buttons, buy some treasuries, and voila, the United States citizenry is the one responsible for the next 500 years of paying debt that is completely unpayable. Right. Well, I, I think at some point God's going to deal with the debt somehow. You know, how he does it, I have no clue. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> Your take on – everybody's going, you know, especially the left, talking about Russia, Russia, they're meddling. I mean, you see uh, your car has the, the wheels missing. Oh, blame it on the Russians. Right. But nobody talks about China. Do you see China that's in right. any of your prophecies? I haven't, you know, I, I did an uh, interview with Greg Hunter, and I, I told Greg in the, in the interview, I said, everybody's worried about Russia. I said, Russia's not the problem. 
because Putin does not like the New World Order. Matter of fact, he's threatened to arrest Soros if he shows up in the country. He's wanting to take the cabal out, and I, him and Trump are working together to go after the New World Order, and they know that, which is why they keep trying to say that Trump's Russian collusion thing. So you've got Russia and, and America, I believe, are working together behind the scenes to take these guys down. I said, but the ones that you got to worry about right now, I said, it's China. And this, this was before the trade war started. I said, there's something coming for China. I don't know what it is. I said, it could be trade war. It could be, uh, you know, a currency war. It could be whatever the case may be. But I said, something's coming for China, uh, or all the above. But I said, whatever it is that's coming is going to put China in its place. I feel like God's going to put China in their place with something. I don't know what it is, but and then not come to find out we've got a trade war going on with these guys. And they, they know that if we tear up those guys, like Trump has threatened to do, their economy's done. I already, I, I think I've read something the other day or saw something where their economy's already, uh, uh, slipped. Uh, they're now not in the number two. They're now behind Japan now, their economy is. So it's already having an effect. So there's, there's something coming for China that's going to put them in their place. If this hadn't happened, by the year 2020, they would have been the number one economic superpower in the world. Yes, they would have. Yes. So when it comes to China, you know the technology, Apple, Google, they all want to move there. They're giving the technology to them because they know that this is the kind of technology that they can use to usurp any right that their citizenry has. Citizen, uh, citizenry has. People say socialism. Look at Cuba. Look at Venezuela. But countries like China, they're trying to get away from that socialist ways and they're bringing more capitalism. But they have the Sesame score. You know that, right? That they, if anybody, for example, puts a picture of Tiananmen Square on the Internet, all of a sudden your score goes down, your mortgage rates go up, your Internet speed goes down, you cannot travel by train, by airplane. They want to bring that here and Facebook has that score implemented behind the scenes, folks? They're not telling you, but it's already in place. Your take on that? Well, I think that's going to get dealt with as well, because, again, that's why you're seeing these guys up there testifying right now as we speak uh, on this, this social media stuff, because they're trying to stop everyone's First Amendment. Uh, they're trying to take their rights away. Uh, that was their goal. Uh, you know, there, there was a whole plan in place um, to take over America, basically. And, um, there, it's, there's a lot to it. There's more than just one way that we're going to do this. And so I, I just know that, uh, God's going to deal with all this and he's going to take care of it. Uh, I honestly believe that. So we're going to, we're, this is just the beginning stages uh, of cleaning out the corruption, even in the social media, news media, po uh, politically, even in the church. I hate to tell people that even the church is going to take a hit. And so they better be prepared. And folks, this is, I know this is a hard pill to swallow to, to many people, but last week we aired an interview with Sister Carrie Berner, a former Catholic uh, church nun. And what she had to tell us was just absolutely incredible. I was an altar boy for 10 years of my life. I'm a recovering Catholic. I, you know, I, I just see what's going on there right now. And I see it so far from, from what it was supposed to be. Think of Baal, Baphomet, and she told me it's nothing but a satanic ritual right now where they're actually hiring priests who are sexual deviants, not all of them, but and pedophiles. This is yeah. what they have in there. And I hate to, I know a lot of Catholics listen to us, but you know, there's a big difference between Christianity and Catholicism. But explain to me what's going on there. 
Well, and here's what I want to say, because everybody wants to pick on the Catholics. Uh, yes, the, the, the Catholic Church has issues, but they're also going to find out there's other denominations involved in this and a lot of this stuff in the child trafficking, the human trafficking. I mean, for crying out loud, we just had, what, two Baptist missionaries that were, were caught in Haiti, yeah. uh, child trafficking. So uh, they're, they're going to find out. And we just had a mega church minister and his wife removed uh, from Willow Creek. And the entire elder, the board of elders were removed. So you're going to find out that there's a whole lot more to this going on in all denominations. And God is done with it, man. The judgment is falling on the systems. And unfortunately, the church has become part of the worldly system. So uh, God's going to clean out the corruption. He's going to expose it, and he's going to take it down, even if it means removing some from the face of the earth. Now, I, I hate to be that graphic, but that's just what God has told me. And you're you're starting to see some of that uh, come to pass. So, uh, but the Catholic Church, I wrote a, a prophetic word uh, January 25th of this year, and it's called "All Roads Lead to Rome." And can I just read it for the viewers? Is that, would that be all right? Oh, please do. Okay, uh, this this one's not in the book, so this this is this is uh, pretty recent. So, uh, January 25th, 2018, it's called "All Roads Lead to Rome." It says the Spirit of God says the Pope and the Vatican. That's right. The Pope and the Vatican are not furthering my kingdom, but are aiding the kingdom of darkness. Many are saying this is the last pope, but it's not for reasons they think. This will be the last pope for what I, the Lord God, am about to do. I will expose this pope and all those under his command for all the corruption he and the Vatican have been involved in for centuries. The Spirit of God says there is a shaking and a quaking coming to this pope and the Vatican, for I will split the Vatican and its leadership wide open for the entire world to see the inner workings of this ancient beast. This Pope, the Vatican, and all its leadership will come crumbling down. I will pull back the veil to show how deep and dark the deception has been. You whisper in your inner chambers. We answer to no one. No one is above us. No one can hold us accountable. I, the Lord God, see it all, and the time has come when I will now hold you accountable for your darkness. This exposure will be of such magnitude that the people will say, what do we do now? Where do we go now? We want nothing to do with this. We have no religion now. Millions will walk away from their religion, as this will affect other religions as well. The Spirit of God says, is my army ready? Are you ready to receive these people? Are you ready to receive my harvest that's going to take place from this exposure? Prepare yourselves for the tsunami of people that will be starving for me and have no place to turn. Prepare now. All roads lead to Rome. The Spirit of God says there is a dig, an archaeological find that is coming in an underground vault, which will be so cataclysmic that it will rock the Christian world. The answer lies between Jerusalem and Vatican City. That was written on January 25th, 2018. You're seeing that beginning to take place right now. And because I have people that on my Twitter feed, that are saying that they're leaving the Catholic Church. They're, they're tired of what's going on. They're tired of the exposure. Uh, they don't want to be a part of it. And you're seeing that right now. You're, but these people are good people. A lot of these Catholics are good, God-fearing people. And there's going to be a lot of Catholics that are, and, and a lot of other denominations now, when they, when they start exposing this stuff, there's going to be a lot of hurt people, brother. There's going to be a lot of people that are hurt. They're going to feel betrayed. Uh, they're going to, all kinds of stuff. So we need to be there to love these people to receive these people, 
you know, to help them, usher them into a relationship with the Lord Jesus himself, because that's what it's about. It's not about a religion. Religion controls you by fear. A relationship sets you free. That's what it's about. It's, it's freedom in, in Christ. So we need to be prepared because we're going to have millions that are going to walk away from, from, from this stuff when this stuff really starts coming out. When, they, when, it, when, when God breaks open the belly of that beast and exposes it for everyone to see, it, it's, it's not going to be pretty. It really isn't. And thank you for saying that. I know many Catholics who are good people. My family is Catholic, and they have the best intentions, but they're also getting a little bit unnerved with the inaction they're seeing from this Pope. According to the sister Carrie Bernard, the one I told you that I interviewed last week, Pope John Paul I was murdered 33 days after becoming Pope because, and by the Jesuits, by the way, because the night before he died, he made some phone calls and he wanted to uncover the sexual abuse problem and make it public. He wanted to become, become transparent. And of course, they couldn't let that go. The Jesuits are the power branch of the Vatican. And guess what? The very first Jesuit Pope is who? The one we have right now who says the United States should not be focusing on building walls. They should be opening bridges. But if you go to the yeah. Vatican, and I have been there many times, you see one of the biggest walls in the world. So the hypocrisy. Yeah. Let me let me help the Christians out with, with the wall thing, because there's, there's a lot of controversy. You've got a lot of big time evangelical leaders that are saying, oh, that's not Christian like you can't have a wall. So let me put this in a way where everyone will understand this. Heaven's got a wall, heaven's got a gate, and it takes extreme vetting to get into heaven. So what is the problem? There's It is biblical. Walls are biblical. Without walls, you don't have a border. Without borders, you don't have a country. And without a door or a wall in your house, you have no security. So all these people that want an open wall, and again, I always tell them, please, and I have been there. Go all the way down to the south of Mexico, the border between Guatemala and Mexico, and stand there for a minute. Cross the border. Try to come back to see what happens to you. All these immigrants that come this way are treated with dignity. This notion that the parents are being separated, this is, folks, a lot of people are sending their children by themselves because they know they're going to keep them, and then they'll deal with it. But this notion that we shouldn't have any immigration laws or that we should eradicate ICE. This is ridiculous. What kind of country do we have? Why don't, do you, why don't they just say it out loud? We want a one world government without borders and purely socialistic where everyone is going to be <laughs> equally miserable. Why don't they just say it? That's what they want. Right. And you're seeing that taking place in Europe right now. I mean, they're overrunning those countries. I mean, Paris, downtown Paris, I've oh, seen pictures. Yes. It's like a third world country. Which was a beautiful city. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so, I mean, uh, they're trying to instill that here. It's not going to work. It's not happening. Uh, you know, God's stepping in. He's turning things around. But it's going to get a little tense uh, before it gets better. I, I can tell you that right now. Your vision about D-Day, once again, let me just step back here for a moment. Of course, when I think D-Day, I think of our brave men who gave their lives. The average life, the average uh, age was 23, I believe. Right. Now, when you see an average 23 these days, and no offense because we have a lot of good listeners who are is not what I'm about to say. We've heard of snowflakes and cupcakes. Right. Why do you think that's happening? This is obviously orchestrated. They don't want real men to be men until they're, what, they're 50? Right, right. exactly. And you're, you're seeing the maturity level of, of these kids now. Uh, you know, back in World War II in that era, 
I mean, you had women that were uh, getting married at 16, 17 years right. old. And everybody's going to think, okay, you know, you're a pedophile. No, right. it, it was the way it was back then because the maturity level of a 16-year-old was already married, having kids, and taking care of her family. And so, I, I mean, so – Again, you, you take a 26-year-old in today's time, and it's like sometimes – I'm not saying all of them, but sometimes they can have the maturity level of a 16-year-old in today's time. You know, it, yeah. so, But it was designed that way. It's the dumbing down of our society right now through GMOs, through the, the chemicals in the foods. Uh, the testosterone level for men, the acceptable level, was way higher in World War II than what it is today. If you If you do a blood work and you go – to get your testosterone levels done, like I've done many times, every male's done it, and they tell you, okay, well, you're sitting at 700, so that's normal. Well, no, it's not, uh, because in World War II, it was a lot higher than that. They want you dumbed down. They want you this more feminine. They don't see. Also, men are supposed to have a fighting spirit, and this is why you see a lot of guys with the spirit of cowardice on them is because of low testosterone or, uh, you, you, you know, all this stuff. There, there's so many different components we could talk about that's causing this, but that's just one of a hundred, basically, that's meant to do this to our society. But they're enabling it. I remember back in the day, it was not about political correctness. It was about what was morally correct. But now everything you say offends somebody. And if you offend them, you have to find a, 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 a safe space for them. Give them a teddy bear. What is this get, getting to? Yeah, it's just again. I think it's just going to take turning society around, uh, red pilling these people basically, and and letting them see the truth for themselves. And once they see the truth, I think those uh, the, whatever spirit that that is that's on them will come off basically, because the spirit of revelation is is usually what sets people free a lot of times. So I mean, once that revelation kicks in, that hey, this is not what this is about, uh, you know, and, and you know, f this is why. They don't want you having a home church or they don't want you having a home school. They want you in a public school or in a church system. Why? Because they control it. It's all about control. And it's all about uh, when you're in a home church, they can't control you. When you're in a home school, they can't indoctrinate your kids. They're, when a pastor goes to seminary or whatever now, they're not teaching these guys. They're indoctrinating them, period. So, you know, churches. We're never meant to be a business. They're all incorporated, every single one of them. So now Jesus is not the head of your ministry when you do that. The state is. You answer to the state. You've cut the head off of the Lord when you do that. Now you pile on being a 501c3. Now you just made went in covenant with Baal, period, because you're under the Baal system. And as a, and that was one of the goals of, of, of this whole takeover of America was to silence the Christians, period. And what they were going to do under the 501c3, which they can legally do, by the way, they can say, you're going to preach transgender or homosexuality from the pulpit, or we're going to shut you down. And they can legally do it under the 501c3 because you answer to the federal government. You have a full chapter on this, by the way. Can you discuss more of the, I wanted to leave this till the end, but since you're bringing it up, discuss the Johnson Amendment and the 501, uh, the, the C3 tax-exempt organizations, because I believe churches were tax-exempt before, yes. but people have this misconception. Please explain. Okay, they, they were already exempt under the Constitution. And what happened was um, in 54, 1954, Johnson, they, Johnson's name was on it, okay? But this guy was a 33rd-degree Mason. He was, he was not smart enough to devise this plan. It took a think tank, which, by the way, it, it's not uh, well known that 
1954 was also the same year that the Bilderbergs was established. Imagine that. There's no coincidences. So they devised this plan that we will give you an extra tax credit or tax benefit that when people give to your church, they can deduct it off their taxes. Well, they're already exempt. They didn't need that. But in return, we're going to give you this, but you have to keep your mouth shut on political issues. You cannot speak out from the pulpit on political issues. Why did they accept, though? Why did they accept the the morphing into something new? Because they knew, uh, even the Bible says, in the end times, these pastors will become dirty, filthy lucres. And it's all about the money. They know people are more apt to give knowing that they will get a tax return at the end of the year. When they don't understand that when you're sowing into that system, you're sowing into the bail system, period. It's a covenant with bail. It's a covenant with the federal government. Again, you're not in control. The government is. And because I'll give you a prime example of why. If you try to get out of the 501c3, it's like joining the mafia. You never get out. So they made it so hard that you will lose your assets. You will lose all your money in order to come out of that 501c3. That shows you that it's demonic right there, that the enemy has entrapped you in this. And the other thing is, I don't, I, you know, I, I talk about this a lot where the patient is, uh, the enemy, the devil's very, very, very patient. Okay. So 1954, we signed this thing called the 501c3. We get extra money for that 30 pieces of silver. We have to keep our mouth shut. 10 years after we had enough churches underneath that 501c3 status, because prior to that, they were flowing in power and authority. They were getting mad about it, exposing some of these corrupt politicians. They wanted to get rid of the church. So they did it through the 501c3. So 10 years after that, they go the first step. They take prayer out of schools. Where was the church? Silent. They didn't say a word. They couldn't because they were took that 30 pieces of silver. Enemy waits 10 years after that. The big one, Roe versus Wade, passes. Where was the church? Silent. <sighs> they couldn't say anything. So everybody says, oh, America's under judgment because the blood of those babies are on their hands. No, it's not, folks. The church is the moral and spiritual compass of any country. Period. The blood of those babies is on the church's hands. That is blood money that they are taking. These guys that are living like rock stars in these 18,000 square foot homes, I hate to tell you, that's blood money. That was my next question. All these people that have multi-million dollar homes and they drive multiple Ferraris and they're the pastor of the church. I'm sorry, something's wrong with that. Well, it's again, they're not the pastor. You got to remember, they're the CEO of a corporation. And this is why the church has not been flowing in power and authority. You want to know why America's in the shape that it's in? Why the, the entire earth is in the shape that it's in? Because the church hasn't done its job. They don't have the power and authority. They've been corrupted. They're in with the world. They're in with the system. This is what's under judgment right now. So they're under the bail system. So they've got to come out of it. And when, when President Trump gave them their – all he did was give them their voice back. That's all he did. And they, uh, he didn't take away the 501c3. And what people have to understand is that they've got to come out of it completely. They have to. And see, what they're saying is, is that God cannot meet my needs. The spirit of mammon is going to meet my needs, which is why they're in it. So uh, they know that if, if people, they know the heart of a person, basically, is, is if, they don't, if they don't get a tax write-off, they're less apt to give. Well, if you're giving to get a tax write-off, you're not giving with the right heart anyway. It's not about getting something in return. Yes, God has sowing and reaping. You will receive something in return, but you allow God to do that. You're expecting a tax return thinking, oh, God bless me with a tax return. No, he didn't. 
The devil did. Baal did, because you're in covenant with him. Don't think for one second that the devil's not going to take care of his people as well. Don't think for one second he's not going to drop breadcrumbs in front of you thinking that you've been giving and giving and giving. Now you're going to receive this this, this huge uh, blessing uh, but because you've been giving and giving into an ungodly system. Now here's where the other thing comes in. The end-time transfer of wealth. And this is where people don't understand, is that how can God transfer, you know, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, the Bible says. So if the God's going to transfer the wealth of the wicked, which is what you're seeing happen right now, that's getting taken away from them. Notice that Donald Trump signed that executive order. He can confiscate assets, monies, all this stuff. See, again, it's with the wealth of the wicked now, it's got to go somewhere. It's got to go into the hands of the righteous. But how can God give it to the righteous from one ungodly system and put it right back in the same system again? He can't. So if you're part of the system, I tell people you need to get out of the system because cursed is the Bible says that cursed is he who takes a bribe for the slaying of the innocent. The church took a bribe. So the church is under a curse. You want to know why all this stuff is going on in the churches? It's because they're under a curse. They took a bribe. The Bible says it, it talks about, you know, it, it, when you take a bribe, it blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. You want to know why they're blind and can't see what they're doing? Because they took a bribe. You know why their words are perverted? Because they took a bribe. This is why all this is going on in the churches. So that, that, that explains what's going on in our churches across the land. And there's other countries that have systems like the 501c3. They just don't call it that. It's called something different. I know uh, Canada thinks one, England's another. I think there's probably a, a couple of others out there. But that's what's going on with the churches right now. Well, the Vatican, just to pick one again, what is it, $25 billion in gold? They have holdings all over the world. A few years ago, I mentioned that I found out that the biggest porn company in Germany is owned, the largest shareholder is the Vatican, another corporation. So, well, you know, and also the, also the Vatican, I think it was just, I read something uh, the other day where they were exposing the fact that one of the popes, was it in the early 1900s, went to the Rothschilds. And got a loan, and that's why they're saying that the Vatican has been corrupted because they've infiltrated all levels of government or all levels of the of the Vatican over there right now because the Rothschilds have been in control because of that one loan. Rothschild lent money to the Vatican. Why am I not surprised at all about that situation? Right, Rothschild's loan to Holy Holy See. Yes, absolutely, four hundred thousand pounds, and this is in what year? Uh, 1850s, yeah. 1832 loan under Pope Gregory the 16th. Yep, there you go. Yep, there you go. That's it. Yep. So if that's the case, how do you yep. turn this around? Uh, you expose the corruption. Uh, you know, and it's awfully funny. You know, if you notice now in Italy, just got a prime minister in over there. That's another Donald Trump they're calling him. Yes. And I find that awfully strange that he's in office over there because where's Rome and Italy? Right. So I think what's fixing to happen here is that, uh, you know, I think there's going to be so much exposure that they're not going to have a choice but to act. But it's not Italy only, Mark. We're talking about yep. Poland. We're talking about Austria, oh, Hungary. We're talking about all of it. Yeah, all of it. And I think, again, it's going to go global. Uh, you know, I think at some point the, the spirit of the, this patriotism spirit that's arising right now is, is global. You know what I mean? And I posed this question on another interview I had. I said, is it? patriotism that's rising or is it the spirit of elijah like the bible talks about is that's what arising because you've got two opposing uh this is a spiritual battle 
So you've got the spirit of Elijah that's arising. And anytime you have the spirit of Elijah arising, you're going to have the spirit of Jezebel to counteract it. Well, who's in control of the churches right now? Who's in control of all of the world right now? Jezebel is a controlling, manipulating spirit. So if the churches are in covenant here in the United States with Baal, what's the food source for Baal? Kids, sacrificing kids. What do we see coming to the forefront? The pedophilia, the child sacrifice. But also, what is the abortion? It is a sacrifice. See, these, these, these Democrats or these pro-choice leaders, they are literally lying to people. They're duping people. And I want, I want the listeners to understand this, that especially if someone's about to have an abortion out there, they don't care about your right to choose. They don't care about women's health. All they care about is for you to abort that baby because they know that that baby is a sacrifice unto their God called Baal every time it happens because Baal's the strong man over America. So ultimately, Jezebel is controlling the churches. This is why the churches are, are you see it uh, like they're going nuts almost. It's because they're drunk off the wine of the adult of her adulteries because they're in covenant with her. They're in bed with her. And Jezebel was the one that sacrificed the babies to Baal. So you see the connection, how it starts right here. So, But these politicians don't care about your right to choose. They don't care about your health. They just want you to sacrifice that child. Now, does that mean that your baby's going to hell? Absolutely not. That baby goes into the arms of the Lord Jesus himself, but in on the earth and empowers that entity called Baal. When we come back, because I have to divide into two segments, I want to discuss with you more prophecies. We discuss a lot of what's happened until now. But you have more to say about what's coming in the future. I also want to discuss the New Mexico compound. A dead body was found there. Children were found there who were reported lost years ago. Guns, training on shooting in schools, terrorism per se. And the people, their charges have been dropped. And the whole compound was mysteriously mysteriously demolished by the federal government. I want to get your take on that. How can people buy the Trump prophecies, learn more about your work? And I know you have other books too. Well, I've only got the one book right now. Uh, they can go to my website, swordrescue.com. Sword is spelled S-O-R-D, dot, uh, rescue.com. They can buy the book at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, they can order it off Amazon. Uh, and we also have a movie coming out on the book uh, this October 2nd uh, and the 4th. It's a Fathom event. It's called the Trump Prophecy Movie. Uh, they can go to the, the TrumpProphecyMovie.com and they can pull it up. They can type in their uh, zip code and they can order tickets ahead of time because you have to order it because it's a Fathom event. Thanks for correcting me because when I uh, went to Amazon, book Mark Taylor, Trump Prophecy, there's a few other Mark Taylors that I believe come underneath you. And ah, people may, <laughs> they may think that it's you. But folks, don't go anywhere. Fascinating talk with Mark Taylor. Much more when we come back. This is Mel Fabregas and you're listening to Veritas. The truth hurts, but it will set you free. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this very important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the members section or subscribe at VeritasRadio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and other great products. Thank you. 